Hi, this is Calico from MissCalico.com, and the podcast you're listening to is for adults only. We do this out of the kindness of our hearts and the emptiness of our wallets, so if you like what you hear, and you will, please support Axe and the Massacast by going to Massacast.com and clicking donate. Thanks. Thank you for downloading another episode. 75 degrees today in New York City. It was perfect. It's perfect. Now we've got more rain. It's going to get a little cold. What is this, a weather report? The whole the reason why I bring it up is because it reminds me that this summer, both side and I have uh, have promised ourselves that we're going to go to more sex events. It's been so long. This this last winter, we were both really busy with work, and um, I re- I'm really excited. We're going to go out, going to do some more events, and um, maybe even go to like a weekend event or something like that. So uh, we're both really excited about that. It's going to be a, the summer of uh, less work, basically. But don't worry, the podcast continues, and um, this week, it's a lot of geek talk. Vivian, who runs the website The Sex Carnival, check it out, uh, and I sat down a few weeks ago, and um, we talk a lot about geekery when, when, we, when we sit down, because, you know, we both have that in common, uh, so you're going to hear a lot of that stuff. A lot of it's going to be maybe stuff that doesn't concern you, but there's going to be a lot of stuff that does, stuff about privacy. Um, and stuff that's, you know, non-geek stuff too. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Vivian. Uh, here it is. Let's go through your title so those people who don't know. Social media guru? I, I don't like the word guru. I'm very interested in social media. Okay. Technology, privacy, mm-hmm. um, sexuality. And? Gender issues. You, but you, uh, Culture. I, someone called you, maybe you called this yourself, was it a, a web... Mommy, was that right? A blogger? Oh, so, um, my friend Susan Murnick called me a tech top. Tech top. Because I, I am not shy about saying to people, you should be using this or you should be on WordPress. Why are you on Blogger? <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same. So what? Uh, you're a tech top, social media maven? Aficionado. Aficionado. What else? How else would you? Uh, I'm interested in sexuality, interested in kink. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do work involving social media and event promotion for select kink events. Yeah. I've done that for Dark Odyssey and for The Floating World and for select uh, educators. So it's safe to say you, you know your stuff. I like to think I know certain things really well, yeah. And the other thing I, I think, too, is that you you are... And this, I think, is very important for anyone and any and any who has any interest is that you you have an open mind about things you don't know about. Oh right, and you're always yeah. trying to learn more. Yeah. But right before we started recording, I asked, what, "What's your preferred Twitter client?" Because I keep going. I keep. I use like three different ones depending on my mood or something like that. But what is your? Well, I move between a number of different computers between work and home. Mm-hmm. And I guess I have anywhere between four and five computers or devices. So I tend to use Hootsuite for the web Mm -hmm. and also the app. I was using TweetDeck, uh, but for some reason I moved to Hootsuite and I can't remember exactly why. You didn't like Adobe Air? I guess not. Maybe? I think because it was uh, device specific. What other tools of the trade are your must-haves? You have a MacBook Pro. I have a MacBook Pro, but I actually am a Windows person. What? So I know it's heresy, but don't hold it against me. Uh, Is that because you like fighting with things? 
Um, is that because you like to be unhappy? Is this part of your psych? We're going to get maybe part of your psychology here. Are you trying to not be happy in your life? Is that why you're... <laughs> do you feel you're not happy unless you're fighting? I basically didn't go near a computer until graduate school. Oh, okay. So I go back to the days when we're perfect fit on a five and a half inch diskette. Mm-hmm. Remember those? I do. I you know, do. bigger than the AOL coasters. Yeah. And I've been doing email since the 80s. Wow, look at you. So, and I just always had access to Windows machines. And then we just said before we started recording, seven years you've been doing... I I realized last night, because when I was getting ready for this, it was sort of like, wow, I started doing this in 2005. It's 2012. So yeah, nearly seven years. So I think it was around May. So I got into this because I had been married in a vanilla relationship for a long time. Then my marriage broke up. Because uh, we grew apart, and yeah. I was sort of in seclusion, and I, you know, would go to work, go to therapy, and at one point in early 2005, it's a new year. It's like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to sign myself up for nerve dating. Uh, I signed myself up for something else, and then I put the into Google. I typed in sex blogs, and I came upon this a bunch of blogs including one about a guy who was newly separated and having sex parties and mm-hmm. writing really well about them and that was Jefferson so I wrote him and I said I don't think I could ever do what you're doing but I can certainly relate to your situation in life situation and situation where you are in life so mm-hmm. we had a correspondence and I'd sort of read his stuff and at one point, I ended up meeting him because I started playing with Blogger, the Blogger platform. Yeah. And at one point he said, I have been home for 12 days straight with the children. The world owes me a drink. <laughs> and I said, oh, can I come over and work on your website with you? And that's sort of how I met him and the kids. Right. You know, so... I sort of got to be really good friends with him. I was involved with him. Uh, I went to the parties for a while. Um, and I, I would comment on his blog, and I didn't want to comment as my real name. So I had read The Mists of Avalon by Marion Zimmer Bradley. So when I was casting around for a pseudonym, it's sort of like, well, I like that character of Vivian, who is... The high priestess, the elder sister, uh, in that tale. So that book is the Arthurian legend told from the viewpoint of the women. Oh, okay. So, I'm not. I'm not familiar, but so I, the, yeah, the key I, characters in that are Guinevere, the wife, uh, more Vivian, who's the head priestess of the of the women focused religion, and her sister Morgane. And you just you, you identified with Vivian. You chose that name, and so that was my identity. That's been my identity ever since. And you started the sex carnival shortly after that, or yeah, it was in, it was in like May two thousand five. Those people who are don't know, how would you describe the sex carnival? Because it's not like your typical. It's a link blog. Right. It's really not. I was sort of linking to a lot of. At that time, people were writing up a lot of their adventures, so I would link to that. I'd link to news. Uh, it's more. I think link blog is doesn't do it 
justice, I think. It, it's, it's sort of like it's sort of like boing boing for sex in a way. Uh, 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 Fig Leaf said I was the NPR of the sex world, <laughs> and I was like, I'll take that. Right, that right. was really great. Right. So because of my background, my research background, it's sort of like here, you should be aware of this. Yeah. So uh, that's where that comes out of. So what what made you decide to start the sex carnival? Was I it- don't know. It's sort of like well, there I was commenting on the blogger platform. So from the very beginning, I sort of had two identities set up. Gee, there's a platform here. I might as well play with it. So it's sort of like, oh, let me. I, I've if there's something there, that's tech related. How can you not play with it? Mm-hmm. And you get to combine sex with it too. Right. But it, it, it really. I mean, the sex carnival. I think was one of the first. I think maybe I did the same thing. I did typed in sex blogs or something. And the sex carnival was the first thing I, I came upon. Um, but it was a huge resource, huge resource, uh, just not just for news and all that, but discovering other websites. And I can't, I think I found, I mean, I think that, I think that's where the, the idea came to me to, to do one, you know, to do one myself. No. And I'm sure there's tons of other people. Well, yeah, of course, because you're going to find other people and go like, oh, wow. Not that I thought I can do better than, you know, it's, it's not, right, I wasn't thinking right, I could. Right. But it was just like, it was very inspiring, right? Because, you know, Thank you. finding the links through yours is, you know. Yeah, I do have a, a, a pretty lengthy blog roll and I do need to update it. But also, um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stroke your ego, but if it happens to be, then so be it. There, you're not, you're not, you don't put crap, you don't just put any link up. You know, you usually, it's like well, an endorsement. I've looked at everything. It's an endorsement, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, if it's on well, the sex carnival, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I do a lot more events now. I used to do a lot more testimonials mm-hmm. and first-person stories and yeah. news things. A, a lot of it recently has been sort of local events of friends uh, who I want to support and, and news articles. So it used to be more sort of sexy stuff. Now it's more sexuality, privacy, health, and... Kink event. Well, and the, but there's, I don't know where you, you maybe you have Google alerts or something like that, but you find stories that I don't hear about until I see them in your RSS feed. This is my way of saying you really should post more often because okay. I'm dependent on you and there are other people okay. who are dependent. Um, I used firemen to use, agree with me. I used to use a lot of RSS feeds and I need to get back to doing that because I rely a little too much on Twitter mm-hmm. and maybe the people I follow. Yeah. Uh, but there, I follow enough people that I feel I get a really good range of sources. And, uh, but with Twitter, you know, the, the archive is only what, 10 days worth. Right. You know, so. Well, no, I mean, when you, how many people do you follow? I think I have, I've got a couple hundred or something like that. I follow upwards of 500. Okay, so, but the problem I find with, with Twitter, maybe I'm just using it wrong, that the difference between RSS, you know, using my newsreader, Google Reader or whatever, and, and using Twitter is that Twitter, I will scroll what's happened in the last five minutes. And if I haven't right. logged in all day, I'm only going to see what's in the last five minutes. With right. RSS feeds, there's an unread count. Right. I know, and so Absolutely. how do you keep track... I, th- I think I'm on on Twitter a little too much. Okay. <laughs> and I and I favorite a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I think I need to kind of uh, do something where I move it more between 
bookmarking it for later and moving it more into the blog. And you can, obviously, with Twitter, too, you can start where you left off. You know, you can do that. But for, for some reason... what? Yeah. But, yeah, it's like how much, how far back are you really willing to go? Yeah. I find, uh, I think that's why I find RSS feeds are kind of like the, I'm still using them. And I was reading a story recently about someone saying, RSS feeds are dead, you know. Yeah, it's probably on Hacker News. Right, probably. What reader do you use? Google Reader? Uh, well, I use Google Reader as the source. So I import everything to Google Reader. But then right. I use R- uh, Net Newswired to, uh, and also this other program called Reader yeah. for the Mac. People that, love Reader. Yeah. and But my, my biggest source is uh, Reader on my iPhone. I use Reader all the time on my iPhone uh, because, it, you know, as long as it syncs with Google Reader... Google News, you know, uh, I will, I will use it because if I flag something here, I can read it on my laptop later, and vice versa. And then I use Read It Now, um, or Instapaper, depending on. Oh, I love Instapaper. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I come across a lot of things during work. So on, we're talking about tools. I use, I do use Firefox. Yeah. And I have Ghostery, which blocks lots of. Uh, widgets and privacy apps or tracking apps right uh, and you can configure that to block a lot of things well this kind of comes up that someone uh, I, yeah. I, I tweeted that someone uh, you know that I was going to be interviewing no seeker asked about that right the question was when it comes to uh, social media what are the best practices to screen one's uh, real self because of the job and maybe we can even open that question up about protecting yourself if you're a kinky person and you have a alternate identity you don't want out there, um, not just social media, but just in general. Do you do you use a proxy as well at work? Or well, I, I I think you have to do you have to keep it separate as much as possible. So it is more work, but I think I'm used to compartmentalizing it. So I set up a second email address, right. and I have a second blog identity. And I'm careful not to use identifying details about where I live, what I do, uh, associates, things like that. So there's at least one blogger who mentioned what her husband did and her general neighborhood and that she had a child who was X number age. And one of her readers figured out who she was. Really? Yeah. Because people can... I mean, they can do the CSI thing, and really, it's not that difficult if you give enough information. Right, right. And also, turning off geolocation and Twitter, making sure you're not giving off... I mean, which people don't always realize, you know? So there's a couple issues. Uh, There's your publicly identifiable information, like the phone book, which gets picked up by other services. So, for example, Google phone book. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and every so often, there is a post about, I think there was one post on Reddit, which Violet Blue wrote a comment about. It's like, here are the places to get your personal information removed so mm-hmm. it doesn't show up. If you are using your, per, your, per, your vanilla email for your kink stuff, one of the things I would do is email or Google that handle. Right. And you find certain things out. You also have to be careful about... I also, on Facebook, I lock things down on my profile pretty tightly. Yeah. So I have a vanilla profile 
And on the vanilla profile, I have a block list. So I make use of the block list. So people who cannot access your content or what? Right. You make a group. Hey, these are all, I, I've done the same thing. Right. You know, because uh, uh, I've got a kink Facebook and I've got a vanilla Facebook. Right. Because and to, I'm not really a Facebook user all that much, but, you, you know, here's my family and I do not want my family seeing my other friends. Right. I, on my, vanilla, my Vivian account, I don't want my supervisor coming anywhere, stumbling upon yeah. uh, my identity. Right. So, People talk about it. it's very easy to stumble upon certain things. So I don't use the same pictures. Uh, I don't let people check me in to places. We talked about this earlier. I don't use a lot of identifying details yeah. about my work or my personal stuff. And I was just ta- we were talking before we started about this app, uh, Women Around Me. Mm-hmm. So. The New York Times did an article, and Violet Blue did a tech column for her CNET column about women around me, where you start this app up. It, it's like a great tool for stalking someone. Yeah. Because it shows you who's around you in both Facebook and Foursquare. So it's people, women's unlocked profiles, and you right. can sort of see the app and their women's pictures. So after the story came out, I'm looking at this, it was updated, uh, Foursquare blocked the API after that came out. Well, and there was a, someone else came up with an app where they knew, they, they did it to show the power of, of Foursquare and stuff like that, where they, right. so they showed, here are the people who aren't at home right now, so if you want to rob them, you know, right. go ahead. I, I can understand the benefit to some extent of, like, for example, someone made a application. Maybe this is the same one we're talking about. The intent of the application was if you're a single guy or a group of single guys and you want to know what's the bar that has a lot of women at right now. So you can see, you know, where there are a lot of women checking in, right? And so, you know, I can, so I can see the benefit. And I'm sure there, I'm sure there are some women out there who would love to know where all the other right. women or the other men are, you know? So there are benefits to it, but you know it's almost like the with with the from Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility right, type right. of thing. And then at work, what I do is because I'm on a Windows machine, mm-hmm. I have my browser set to zero mm-hmm. to to not record, and then I also go in and I use a tool that cleans out the cache yeah. and any documents. So uh, there's various ones. I used Registry Mechanic once and wiped out my network settings, so I'm not using that anymore. So I use a program called R Wipe and Clean, Mm -hmm. which doesn't, uh, which cleans all kinds of logs and caches and cookies. So I'm I'm just writing this down for for future reference. For future reference, I've talked to enough tech people where. Nothing is well and truly able to be locked down. Right. So it's best not to put it out there in the first place. Right. So, I, I, you know, people sort of liked FetLife because it was this walled garden, but it's gotten a lot bigger. Yeah. It's gotten a lot more popular. So even that, I sort of curtailed what I put out there. And also pictures. Um yeah, so you know, you've you, there's no pictures of me. Right. There's there's a picture of the Medusa statue, 
uh, this bust of Medusa that I took in Rome. Right. Right, right now is my avatar. I might switch it to my cat. Right. But it's not me. <laughs> right. But some. But the thing is, is someday, and already it exists to some extent. You can do a reverse image lookup. Right. If you're using that image of your cat anywhere, if that image of your cat that you're on your, I shouldn't be giving people ideas. If that image of your cat on your avatar is also an image on your Facebook profile somewhere. Exactly. Someone can do a lookup and say, wait a minute, these two are the same people, right? Right. right. It's really scary. Yeah, so it, it's, there, it, there are sort of resources that if you wanted to stalk someone, you could really get a lot on some people. Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah. I think, I think that's why you, it's always important to kind of err on, what's the worst case scenario here? When you're setting something up, and then say, you know, and right. be extra cautious, and then right. and then you Obscure can relax a little bit. Obscure the ages of your children. Right. Obscure, misidentify your age. Yeah. You know, because I know lots of people in the kink scene. They are teachers. They mm-hmm. work with young children. Yeah. They, you know, they have something that is could be used against them, mm-hmm. and and you know, I'm grateful for organizations like the NCSF that do a lot to help advance the, the, the ability of kinksters to enjoy themselves. Right. Uh, but the reality is you still have to be careful. Have you ever been outed accidentally or have you ever heard I, any hard I, lessons? I, accident, I almost outed myself accidentally because I was at the reference desk and I logged into my Facebook account. And then the next day... One of the other librarians says, oh, someone's been using our machine and sends around a screen cap of Vivian's login in on Facebook. Right. So I sort of panicked. I deleted my OkCupid. Okay right. I changed the, the, you know, sort of certain references about who I was. But what I do now, and this is another thing that people could think about, is um, I... There's a website called portableapps.com. Wow, that's, this is a learn. I've never heard of this, but yes. And these are sca- these are apps that you can install on a flash drive. So they have a whole interface. Oh um, yes. So I have, uh, I have Firefox and Google. So I now work at the reference desk off a flash drive that I put into the computer. And it's all And everything stays right. on the flash drive. Right. Also because I have so many passwords, I use LastPass. Yeah. So that's my password keeper. And I don't. I can just generate a password and not think about it right. again. No, yeah, I use 1Password too. That's really, right. really, really. I think when Gawker got hacked, uh, I had been using 1Password. I'd been using all over the place. Mm-hmm. So LastPass let me generate a spreadsheet, and I had been using that password in about 20 or 30 different sites. Yeah. So I went through and changed them and created random ones. Oh, I, every now and then, I, I, got, I had an email from a friend who, she had a, a, a personal slave who was doing her website stuff, and uh, they broke up, and of course she didn't change her password or anything like that, and so now he's like sending emails from her account She's locked out. He changed the password to only he knows it. And she's completely screwed now, right? Let's go back to uh, the sex carnival. When you started that, did it open a lot of doors for you as well? Uh, It did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't active in the New York scene, 
But I think one of the very early on, Violet Blue linked to me, and we started corresponding, and then we met a couple years later. And I was reading so many sex bloggers in New York. It's like, wow, there's a lot of people in New York who are doing this, who are interested in sex. So I got the courage up to invite a bunch of people to my house. It takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot. Yeah, it's very <laughs> scary. Right. I, I remember going through my apartment, removing anything in the neighbor in the in the living room that had my real name on it. Right. Right. And then a bunch of people showed up, and we all got to know each other. Right. You know, uh, Dacia, Selena Fire, um, Jefferson and Madeline were were sort of video cameraed in. Uh, Lex Conrad showed up with Les and a friend, and they broke the mirror on my bathroom door that first time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and Tony Comstock showed up with a bunch of his movies and handed them out, mm-hmm. and that sort of became a, a regular thing. You were having parties or gatherings? Regular gatherings. At one point, I had met Selena Fire, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm a real newbie to this. There must be events or classes. So this is way before FetLife. Right. And I f- went on the web and I found Dark Odyssey. And that I had just missed one of the New Year New Year's ones. I think that was probably the first one. So I went I ended up going in 2006 to Dark Odyssey Summer Camp, which is held in uh, a camp in Northern Maryland. Yeah. So it's it's a self-enclosed camp. You it's only that event. You're not sharing the hotel with teenagers and their soccer moms. Right. Uh, and it was the producers were Tristan Colton, Greg, and Carrie. So there were education educators. There were workshops. There was a dungeon. There were all kinds of meets and greets. So I went to that and. We met Lolita Wolf, who was a New York educator, and we got to be friends with her. She was sort of curious about me because I already had the carnival up and running, and we became friends, and I was a member of Tess for a while, but she is the person who kind of introduced me to a lot of people in the kink scene. So I I owe a lot to her. And then I I would say, like, why is your blog on Blogger? Let's move it. So I moved it to WordPress, yeah. and she doesn't care about the back end. Right. I, I have fun playing in the back end like you do. Right, right. She's like, I just want to worry about the content. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you do worry about the content. I'll worry about making making sure it stays up. So she's like, all right. Uh, and I, and I, she does what I tell her to. You know, we should do this. Which is really unique for Lolita, don't you think? <laughs> She's a switch, so, <laughs> yeah, so as long yeah. as she negotiates. <laughs> right. So she, I, I ended up getting dubbed her blog mommy. Yeah, that's so. right. That's that's where it came from. Yeah. What what uh, what were you exposed to with Lolita that you? I just met a lot of more New York kinksters. Yeah. Because she's, I mean, you 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 when you when you said the phrase uh, became friends with Lolita, I don't know how anyone could spend time with her at all and not become friends with her. She's just such an open person, right? Yeah. It, I find people in the kink scene usually surround themselves with similar people. So if you find an asshole, chances are he's going to be around a lot of assholes. Right. And vice versa. Lolita, not being an asshole, surrounds yourself with a lot of right. really nice people, right. right? 
So uh, one thing about you that you, 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 I've asked you this in the past, what are you into and all that stuff, and you're very vague sometimes about what you, and I, this might be a part of the privacy thing, you might not want to talk about it, but are you sort of like a, you're into everything? You're just curious in general? I think I'm curious in general. I don't play that much. Right. Although, having gone to, you know, different kink events, I've gotten some really interesting relationships and play relationships. So you were like, I want to know how you know so many people. Part of it is I've gone to different kinds of events. Uh, I go to Dark Odyssey. I've been to Shibari Con. I've been to the Fetish Flea, the Floating World. Mm -hmm. I helped organize Kink for All in New York a couple of times. I helped organize the Sex 2.0, the first two Sex 2.0 events in Atlanta and D.C. So they're, they're really, really different kinds of events, which is how I got to know different people. Do you just not say no? Oh, I say no a lot. No, I, I mean, when it comes... <laughs> I mean, I should Over rephrase play? that. I, I, I should rephrase that. When it comes to organizing events and different, intre- diff- different kink interests and all that stuff, are you just like... Yeah, I'm curious. Is that basically your, your outlook on all of it? Or? Sort of. Although I don't... When I think about it, I don't go to that many parties in New York. Par- partially because they start really late at yeah. work. Yeah. And I, in addition to working full time and doing the blog stuff, I have other... Th- I have, you know, a, a musical life that yeah. takes up a lot of my time. Yeah. So I actually have kind of three different aspects to my life I say no to a lot of stuff but at the same time you I mean you met a lot of people by saying or at least being open yeah to, you know I mean because I'm always amazed I mean it's not like I'm name dropping you or something like that but uh, you know last night I was at a birthday party for, uh, with a bunch of kinky people or whatever like that and, and someone's like well who's you who do you have coming up on the show or whatever and I said, uh, oh, I'm interviewing uh, Vivian tomorrow. And so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and they, they thought I was like, it's almost like I said, like, you know, someone someone who was just like this legendary person on like, like I said, Sir David Attenborough or someone, you know what I mean? It was just like, they're like oh, my God. Wow, what are you going to ask? And I'm like, well, I usually don't plan stuff out. Oh, you've got to plan something out, you know. Even though you put a lot of yourself out there in blogs and all that stuff, well, I put some co- things out there, but you, I'm very there's a lot I don't put out there. Right, you don't, but that's and I think that has given you sort of an, uh, a little bit of mystery to you, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. Do you find people are a little intimidated by the mystery a little bit, or? Um, I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. When it comes to having gatherings at your house, you said you hit a lot of anything that said your, your real name on it. Well, the first time I had a lot of people over, right. the bloggers over, I'm like, oh my God, I got to hide my mail so they can't know my real name. Yeah. Um, but that was like the first time. That's mm-hmm. not an issue now. I mean, I, I have people who come over to my place, yeah. obviously for the podcast. It's, I mean, there's, there's a certain level of trust that you give. I mean, you kind of blanket, you, you invited people over that you never met before. Well, it depends. I, I I originally started, it was originally a lot of the sex bloggers. Yeah. And then once I started going to kink events, I had a lot more friends in the kink community. So it's, it's really sort of people I'm interested in who should be meeting other people. So it's gotten a lot broader. I mean, I, I say that because I'm sure there'll be plenty of people out there who are interested in having people over to their house. 
what is the litmus test of who you can trust to have over to your well, home? Well, I, I, I mean, I was sort of doing this before there was a pleasure salon. Now that there's a, a, there are more events, there's more munches, you can get to meet people and know them better in a more neutral environment. But there, there is something very unique about having it in someone's home. Yeah. That you can't get it, like, at yeah. a bar. Yeah. And I, I remember, I, you know, there were several people I met um, at one of your gatherings that um, I, I think if we were in a bar atmosphere, I never would have been able to, would have had a conversation with. Uh, just because of the vibe or whatever. Right? right, because it's a bar and it's noisy and there's all these other people. Right. Yeah, so it, it is a safer environment where people can talk to each other. I mean, yeah. it's not a play party. It's uh-huh. it's it's Sunday afternoons. Right. And uh, we have tea uh, and people can sort of talk to each other in a, in a less pressurized environment. But again, how, how did you... Do you just have an innate sense of these people are cool, and so uh, I'm going to invite them? I would, get, I would get to know people before I invite them to my house, either online or in conversation or whatever. You got a general vibe first. Yeah. But it, yeah. we should say that you just didn't start, you didn't just enter the scene and then start having people over. You kind of got the lay of the, you kind of learned a little bit about... I a lot of different people before right. I started connecting with them in person. And you kind of got the vibe of the local scene and you yeah. know, okay, this person trusts this person so I can... Yeah. Uh, because I, I've, I've had emails from people asking, how do you throw parties at your house? This is quite... In New York, there aren't as many as many house parties as there are, you know, in the suburbs. And I think, uh, I think that's a big question for people. Obviously, if you have neighbors... In New York, you, you, have, the, you have the benefit of... You know, people can live next to their neighbors for five years and never know who they are. Right. You know. Right. Whereas if you're right, my my I'm I my doorman were really surprised the first time my friend Sissy Stephanie showed up. So they were sort of like agog, uh, but they got over it pretty quickly. So did you? What did you say to them beforehand? To I just said I'm having people over. Just send everybody up. Right. <laughs> did they ever mention anything to you about it? Or well. Uh, one doorman took a shine to Stephanie and asked to have their picture taken with her. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think New York maybe is it's, uh, maybe a little different. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I guess people would ask her where she was going, but yeah. she was always very discreet. Yeah. But I think, you know, people give seminars at events about how to throw a party. Yeah. And I think one of the issues is sort of know the people you're inviting. I think there's also a trend of if the parties that are around aren't to your liking, create your own one. Yeah. And and set the ground rules for how you want it done. Yeah. So that's how the myth parties came about. Right. Do you think over the past seven years, uh, the environment for kinky people or even sex positive people has become a lot friendlier? I think in some ways it's friendlier there's more events we have FetLife so you can connect to people and find out people and FetLife has become really important for, in promoting an event yeah uh, but at the same time the general climate has become much more restrictive you think so? well the whole thing with the culture wars and transvaginal ultrasounds right I, I, you know uh, requiring women to view pictures of 
a sonogram. Right. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think I'd have to be fighting these battles again in 2012. Right. I think those are sort of growing pains. At least I hope those are sort I don't, of growing pains. I don't pains. think it's growing pains. I think. I think. You know the the Tea parties, Republicans. They 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 just don't want women to have any agency when it comes to determining oh, their own health. No, absolutely. And but, it's horrifying. Um, Churchill said something about America that I think is kind of true for. Uh, a lot of aspects of America. The United States does always makes the right decision after they've exhausted all other options. And I think that's true when it comes to just about every aspect, right? Look at New York. You can gays can get married in New York now, right? Not that it happened overnight by any means. What happens is eventually you have people in the South. This is usually where it happens. People in the South or in the Bible Belt. The, um, they they really they shut themselves out and eventually. They have no choice but choice but to conform to the social norms. They have no choice because they either uh, either the law gets changed where they have to integrate schools, for example, or no one's going to be around there because they're so close-minded, right? Mm. I mean, you can't you cannot be a bar in New York City that is closed to gay people. You can't have a bar in New York. I mean, you, I mean, maybe there is one out there, but you can't you can't have. You just wouldn't exist if you if if you know if that happened, right? Well, that's sort of the same-sex marriage run. But you, if you look at the 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 battles being waged against sex education, right. and What students can be taught and not taught—that's really scary. But don't you think? Like, there's so much that's being learned online now. The kids will learn that that maybe. Well, well I I admit, I right. Think, and online is a big component. So, right. uh, I didn't have online when I was growing up or finding out about these things. So the the thing that got me in was the ability to go online. So for younger people, having the the access to online or to, if they're curious to find out about it, I think really helps a lot. My mom was a nurse, still is, and she had a medical book. My mom was a doctor. Oh wow! Always got to one up me. Always no, but 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 when it came to talking about the birds and bees, this was a board certified obstetrics gynecologist yeah. who couldn't talk to me about sex. Oh, and that was a cultural thing because she's Asian, right? And it was it was. It was kind of comical, but she was so embarrassed right. she couldn't talk about. Intercourse, penis and vagina sex. Yeah. I mean, she could not talk about it. My mom had a medical dictionary, an encyclopedia of sorts. It was like, you know, it was probably like four inches thick. And um, I would go through and I would like, I remember looking, what is a clitoris and all these other things. And I would have my classmates who knew that my mom had this book and they would ask me sex questions. You know, they wouldn't have doggy style in it, but they had questions about things that you couldn't find in the dictionary at school or in the encyclopedia at school, right? So uh, I would get sex questions about anatomy or whatever, <laughs> and I would be like, let me look it up, I'll find out, I'll report back to you tomorrow. <laughs> but it was all because of that. Google now, WebMD or whatever, uh, I, th I think the failures of this school system is going to be made up for by, you know, by places like Google. Don't you think? I mean, the kids can find well, out. Google, you're you're sort of making Google a monolith. I mean, there's yeah. there's so many sites that 
can have erroneous information. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And sort of how do you find the sites with authority? And I would, I really want that fight to, to happen. I really would love it if you could not teach anything but evolution, you know, in schools or, or whatever. I, I really would like the sex education to be very, you know, it should be its own class. It's such an important part of life. It should be not just one, one hour in health period, one day, you know, or whatever. But I, I maybe I'm just an optimist and I take solace in knowing that that information is very easy for kids to get. Uh, yes, we should definitely have some official, correct sex education, but at least there is Google. And part of me also thinks... But, but, but part of it may be you don't know what to Google for. So right, I think that's true. the education point is important because if you're young, you're getting information from your peers, which right. may not be correct. You may, be, may not be getting information from your parents, which is correct. Right. Or they may not be willing to talk about it or uncomfortable talking about it the way mine were. So I, I remember very fondly the Little Red Book. It was a book about women and sexuality yeah so that having that kind of neutral tool helped me understand it. what gets but what you what gets you going when you're either meeting someone or con- conversing with them online what what is your what is the big thing that's like wow this is a really this is someone i really want to get to know i don't know it's been a while you since seem like the the it, you have so many friends and yet at the same time i realize you're one of the people who if I was walking down the street or I was in a kink event or something like that, I would never look at something and go, wow, Vivian would be really interested in this event or something like that. Or she'd, boy, where's Vivian? We got to find her. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a shaving demo. Right, because or, I, don't, I don't know, whatever. I don't really talk about what my interests are. I know, are. but what other I'm, people do and I go, oh, they should see this. I know. I'm saying though for you, if I'm out there at, at an event or something like that, other than maybe a, a, something tech and geeky, Wonderful that I mean that I I can totally relate to. You're gonna are you gonna give me any 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 feedback of what something is like? Someone who's listening to this who is probably a friend of yours who's been following you for a long time and they have no idea what that Vivian really goes crazy for guys dressed I'm in tuxedos not, or something. I'm not sure. You're just not gonna give me anything, are you? No. You're not gonna give me anything. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying dirty talk. I'm people, not ta- people, you know, people have conversations. Right. You know, tell me about yourself. Right. You know, I I have friends who said, oh, I I read you in college, <laughs> and it's you know, and now I'm hanging out with you, and we have a laugh over that. Right. But it's sort of like you can, if you're at an event with someone, it's like, oh, this is my first event. Yeah. I'm scared to death. What do you recommend? You know, you know, there's there's lots of conversational openers. Do you still go to Dark Odyssey? I haven't been since last year because I've been really busy. Yeah. Did you miss it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a bone to pick with you oh, about God. going to these events because you, you sort of interviewed people and you sort of had these conversations on Twitter about, well, I'm not going to go to these events. I'm going to have sex if I'm not going to have sex. This was before when I was single. We should yes, say when this. you were single. Right. And, and Wendy and I strongly disagree with you because it it really isn't so much about having sex and I don't necessarily have sex when I go to these events but I meet so open it I don't necessarily have sex when I go to these events well I I I, my experience was I would meet people I I became part of these communities right and I met people who I got to know over a couple events and then sort of had relationships with them and 
got to know them better, and we, we do things. Right. And it's not like a nonstop orgy. Right. You know, uh, there there are. It's very freeing to be in a place where you don't you have to worry about being monitored. Right. But at the same time, it's not like. Lots of stuff going on. Right. Well, okay. So, the bone you had to pick with me was the fact that I was saying, like, ta- I remember. Should I bring condoms to this event? That's right. Should I go to this event? It's like, yeah, pack condoms. Right. But uh, the thing is, is I didn't want to. We're talking about Test Fest, I think, in this instance. I was going to Test Fest, and right. I didn't want to pack condoms because there's nothing worse than coming home from an event or coming home from a date or something like that with unused condoms, right? If you leave with 12 condoms and you come back with 13, this is horrible, right? This is the worst, right? And and so I was debating, I, I think I did a blog post on this, is, is that yes. I don't want to pack condoms because that's sort of presumptuous. That's, you're, you're presuming something where, as if I have if I had gone to Test Fest and didn't bring condoms and didn't have sex, I'm like, well, I didn't have condoms anyway, so of course I didn't have sex. See, I didn't have any condoms. So it was a, an excuse. Better to be prepared. If, if you don't look prepared, that makes you look stupid. Right, but you also look stupid if you're walking around with a pocket full of yeah, but unused I don't have condoms. A, I don't walk around with a bunch of condoms. I have my night table in case someone comes back to my room. Well, for, for me, so I'm sitting I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, this has got to, I really want to have sex at a sex event. It was really, and you're walking around and it's just like, it was such a bad, I came back with the exact same amount of condoms that right. I left with. It was horrible, horrible See, that experience. I think is about... The kind of expectations you have for an event, going into an event. Going to a sex event. Right. You would expect to have sex, is what I'm saying. No, I, I, I basically was sort of like, I want to see what this event is about. Right. But, you know, you're walking around, and Test Fest is a lot of, uh, a lot of couples who go to Test Fest, right? So you'd go, and you don't know, and it's just really just a giant right. ball of uncomfortability, and it's right. just... And it's really, tough if you're a single guy. It's if you're a single guy. It's just I would not recommend going to any event like that unless you're. It's a gay event, right? If you're a gay event, then you're probably. Then the expectation is probably different. So uh, I think if you can if you can travel with a couple of friends or room with a couple of people, right. then I think that takes the pressure off. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And like Dark Odyssey, and it's by the way, I know, I I wasn't naive. I wasn't saying that if you're going to test, if you're going to a sex event, you're guaranteed to have sex. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking. You could, it's not unheard of in a place where people are going for sex, you know. Um, There's a lot of sex at sex events. I just, it may not be me who's having it. (laughs) Right. And that's not a big deal. What I should have, what I should have done is I should have, because I could, I could have, my idea was I can stay home and not have sex, right? Right. That was my idea. If I wanted to not have sex, I could just stay home and save your money. Don't go to Test Fest. Don't go to whatever. Yeah, but then you don't get to meet all these interesting people. But they were the same people I knew at Test anyway, right? See all these interesting scenes in the dungeon. Yeah, again, not, I'm not a, a, you know, voyeur. So for me. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm a a voyeur. voyeur. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, I mean, again, so was it naive of me? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, um, and the other thing is that now, now that I, uh, I'm in a relationship, we've been thinking about, we, we almost went to Dark Odyssey a couple of years ago. Um, and, and we re- read through some stories about Dark Odyssey, summer camp. And um, I used to have a lot of stories about Dark 
a summer camp on my blog. You did. I know. I, I read. I read quite and, a few. And of them. that's when people were still blogging a lot of stuff. Now they kind of tend to write up stuff on FetLife. Right. So you were thinking about going. You read some stories. Read some and... stories, and then I was like, "Wow, this sounds really hot." There's all this hot stuff going on, and all this stuff. And then I thought, I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. If I'm in a cabin, and there's a couple of people who are doing it right next to me, and it's a couple who I wouldn't want to see doing it, that's the opposite of good. That's the that's bad, right? So I thought, well, maybe we get a tent. Maybe get a tent. That's that's the solution." Get a tent so if you want to see some sex happening, you can go into a cabin and see some sex happening around that. But if you don't, you have the option is what I'm saying. Right. Whereas if you're in the cabin, you're pretty much, if some people are going to be doing it, you know, next to you and they're dressed like Captain Crunch and you have a d- aversion to serial-based, you know, mascot sex. You just, it makes you creepy out or something like that. You don't have a choice if you're in the cabin is what I'm saying. Well, the, the cabins are are fun because you do get to meet a lot of different people sure. and there's a big hanging out factor which is really wonderful and part of the event i'm sure it is but there is also the, the kind of lack of privacy uh if you're in one of the the bigger cabins yeah. or the cabins on the hill you walk you know i i don't want to you know i don't want to see frankenberry fucking captain crunch and I, I don't have a choice if, if i'm in the cabin so then we thought well maybe we'll get a tent and the difference between the tent and the cabin price was like nothing. It's like, hey, if you can stay in the cabin, but if you want to stay in the tent, you know. I was like, oh, it's a little. We just didn't have the funds. Yeah, and and the the events have been modified at that that site. So now, for some events, you don't have to do the meal plan, but there isn't a way to really cook for yourself. But uh, Dark Odyssey Summer Camp has everyone's on the meal plan and you meet in the dining hall and there's a very really nice aspect of the communal dining sure. thing because everyone's always run, running around right. but you get to see everybody at meals so that's very efficient to find people i think i checked but i did not win the mega million i know you're upset about that but don't worry i didn't win it so uh if in the future we have some expend, you know, extra cash where we can just go willy nilly, then I, I will definitely, we will definitely go to summer camp. We definitely, we really wanted to actually. Well, it, we really it's to. car camping. It's like throw everything into your car to make your space habitable. You know, when I've when I've organized cabins, I've put up a list of here's what we can use for the cabin, and who can bring what. Yeah. You know, some storage, there's storage space, but we bring Christmas lights and camp chairs and coolers. Yeah. And I mean, I, and that's like bare bones. There's there's a cabin that does a, has a huge outdoor tent and they do a sit down dinner. Wow. You know, and they have, it, it's incredibly, it can be done as lavishly as you want. Well, I mean, it's definitely on the to-do list. It's on the to-do yeah. list. You know, and but there's something to be said for hotel events, too, because with a hotel event, you have your hotel room to right. retreat to when it gets to be overwhelming. Right. I mean, and the, that can be really important. The big benefit uh, to summer camp, though, I thought was like, great, you can, you can fuck outside, right? You can... Right? Am I right? right. You can and, just... But it, it's not just the... It's not really having the sex outside... It's being in this environment 
where it's all together and it's you can relax and it i i can't i'm really unable to describe the feeling of being in that kind of community in that environment where it's a safe space to express yourself or as you wish or not don't want to. right i think dark odyssey was the first one of the events where they the swingers and the bdsm are together and people would say to me are you a swinger or are you in a kink and i said well i have a sex blog but the assumptions were different. So the yeah. swingers sort of assume you could touch another person. Oh, yeah. And so there's a, there's a certain amount of education that That's has to interesting. go on. It's like you can touch someone, but then they say no. Yeah. With the BDSM people, you don't do that. You yeah. sort of ask first. Well, I, I've certainly so, had a lot of conversations with people about Dark Odyssey. And, uh, so, well, this was a lot of fun. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? I'm not sure. I, I look at the clock now. It's already 3 o'clock. You're kidding. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's it. I really... Uh, I, I've missed you because I haven't I haven't been going out to events and I all like know. that. I haven't been, so I haven't seen each other. And you haven't been coming to my apartment. I haven't, so we'll rectify that. We'll definitely take care of that. So definitely let us know and then you're going to have it to do it again. But yeah, I've missed you. And in, like it's been really nice talking to you. And I, what I would love to get is another roundtable discussion with people like you and Tilda and other people so that I can... You know, we can have a big hoo-ha. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could bring a microphone... To your next event or something like that. I will talk about what. Well, I don't. I've no. I, n- I never know the answer to that question until the microphone is on. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, maybe we, we could just. Get and then we'll listen to my cat also in the background. <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for inviting me. Maybe we can have uh, uh, on the website uh, maybe your tools for privacy, your top picks for privacy I tools. Can, and I, stuff I like made that. some notes. I'll see if I can put something together. Thank you, Vivian. And uh, all the links to uh, the stuff that we talked about tech-wise and, and everything else is you can find on the Massacast website, massacast.com. Just click on the episode in particular with Vivian, and uh, you'll see everything we talked about and, and so much more. Hope you have a good couple weeks. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.